Welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defect Podcast. This is episode 31 with Gary Sampson. Uh, Gary's a really good friend of mine. He's a very funny comic. He's been touring around. He's done America. He's done Australia, Tasmania. He's done Hawaii. I managed to get him in a room for an hour and a bit, talking to him about what he's doing in comedy, how he's getting on. We recorded this at another good friend of mine who's also been on this podcast, Daphne Barham's house. And the noises that you can hear in the background or of Daphna cooking us a lovely meal that we had after the pod. Later on the week, we went to see Jim Gaffigan. Now, I haven't been out of the house socially for a very long time, so I find going out socially a lot more nerve-wracking than the average person now. I think that choosing comedy as a career has not... I haven't chosen the path of least resistance. I've chosen the path of most neurosis. Because that's what happens, I think. You you become agoraphobic. I think I need to do this socialising at least two or three times a week. So then, eventually, I'll be able to maybe maybe go out for a whole night. So maybe go out for a weekend or something. That'd be nice. Maybe do the weekends. Yeah, weekend away, maybe, with friends. I don't know. But it was fun. I really enjoyed myself. We saw Ted Alexandro opened. It was at the Leicester Square Theatre. And, of course, Jim Gaffigan closed the show. It was great. I really enjoyed myself. It's actually nice to be out. We went to see Legoland as well. That was kind of cool. Didn't spend a lot of time there, but that was a lot of patience, I think, that people have making those Legoland exhibitions. People think their jobs are tedious. I think that job would be incredibly tedious. I guess you need a passion for it as well, I guess. But, you know, hey, there's those tiny little blocks. It's going to take you an awful long time to get feel like you're getting anywhere. Well, I guess it's with anything, really. You know, we only see the final product. and we just All we can do is just imagine what it was like building that. I don't know. Wouldn't be my cup of tea anyway. But you had the Big Ben, you had a, a Chinese dragon in there as well, and it was just a pretty amazing... You even had a Starbucks. You had a Starbucks Lego set you could buy there. You thought they would have just said no to that, really. I was out of a shell oil there, too. That was a bit cynical, really, to have a Starbucks. And do you know what, surprisingly, there wasn't a Costa or a Cafe Nero next to it. I was a bit disappointed. How did Starbucks manage to swing this Starbucks coffee shop Lego set? No one else could do it. Sneaky, it found it very, very sneaky. If you don't know who I am, my name is Winter Fonander. I'm the host of this show. This is episode 31 with Gary Sampson. Now, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're there at The Comedy Defect. If you want to follow me, it's at Winter Fonander. Also, I'm trying to mill out as many jokes as I can out of the Guinness Encyclopedia. You can find those jokes on Twitter, and it is at Guinness Jokes, and the title for that page is Encyclopedic Jokes. I'm going to do some of those today, and they'll be up in the next couple of days. I'm hammering it now. I'm going to do it, guys. It's going to happen. I'm going to finish that book. I don't know why, but I want to do it. <laughs> it's all those things. If you want to come see my live stand-up, I've got a couple of previews coming up for my show, which is It's Not Just for Christmas, which will be at the Edinburgh Fringe 2017, also at Hastings Festival in June. So if you want to come see the previews there where I hammer some stuff out, I'm really happy with how the show is going. So come see me there. You can find those dates on my website, which is winterphoneander.com. If you like this podcast and you want to donate to us, we're on Patreon. Just go to Patreon, type in the Comedy Defect Podcast and donate as much or as little as you want. But if you can't kick something back to us, just leave us a nice review on iTunes or Podbean because it really helps. We've had a couple of nice comments, a couple of nice reviews on a couple of episodes. So if you want to keep them coming in, nice, honest review. 
It'd be much appreciated. It really helps. But this is episode 31 for the Comedy Defect podcast and is with Gary Sampson, a very funny guy, very good friend of mine. Enjoy. Gary Sampson, welcome to the Comedy Defect. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm well. Mm. I'm very well, mate. I see you wanted to talk about this year, four days old. So yeah, I know. It's going to be very quick. So This is true. So how's the last four days been going of this year? Last four days have been brilliant. Went to watch West Ham get hammered on Friday. Right. That was good. It was a lovely Daphne Baran. Yeah. And that was fun. And since that, just been hanging out. Not done any gigs this year yet, so oh. uh, I'm available. So 100%, so, 100% success yeah, rate. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing the new Angel tomorrow, oh, so that yeah, should nice. be fun. So The I'm William not, Murray? The William Murray or the Bill Murray, whatever. Mm-hmm. whatever. It's a pub that I used to drink in, which is a strange thing in comedy that so many pubs that I used to drink in, yeah, I've done now, you, you, you go back and like you've not heard of this pub and you're like, oh. I've been here before yeah. so yeah it's like you still live around the corner from there first place I ever lived in London was around the corner from that it was a pub called the Mucky Pub because it was friendly to dogs you could mm. take dogs in it was a pub you used to go to have yeah. a pint so I'd be very interested to see what it looks like now yeah. so Gary, what have you been doing in, in 2016? What were you up to? 2016 was uh, was great. I travelled quite a lot in 2016. Yeah. I guess one of the most exciting things would have been gigging in Hawaii. The most that was great. Yeah, I basically was wo- working out in America last year. Mm. So I went out to America after Edinburgh and I'd been in New York to do some gigs the year before. Because I'd been going out to America the last uh, three years. Uh, I got hooked up with a festival in Oklahoma, which is one of the biggest Scottish festivals in Oklahoma. Mm. So one of my friends, Luke, has started doing comedy there and we just we do a comedy stage but the main duty really is bringing the bands onto the stage for on the big stage so which is great you know there's like uh, up to a thousand people in there maybe more when you're bringing the bands on you do like drinking competitions mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun <laughs> very strange experience we all walk about in like kilts and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. in the middle of Tulsa, Oklahoma so it's it's in a lovely park so. do you go full, fully traditional as well on stage I or? don't go traditional no. no so you'd have to buy one so right. I don't own a kilt so no if they gave me one for free, I might, but I don't have any intention of buying a kilt for the sake of two days. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's great fun. So that set me up. That get that basically pays for me to get out to America. So the first year I did it, I met up with a guy called Roddy McInnes, who was running shows at Stand Up New York at the time. Uh, and it still is one of the best rooms in New York. There's been some changes there recently, so it's, I don't know what's going on in the club. I didn't do it the last time. He set me up with some gigs in New York. So I did a Friday night Stand Up New York, which was great. I was performing alongside guys from like Last Comic Stand and Joe Mackey, who's doing the comedy set a lot now and is, mm. is doing shows at the Carolines at the weekends now so it was great to perform alongside him he, he was just getting big there and it was a Friday night gig in New York it's, it's brilliant you know it's mm. rammed out the crowd was rammed out it was great because I basically flew in to New York went straight from the airport to the gig so I went had a very quick shower yeah. and got a taxi to the gig straight on watched a bit of the gig and then on stage it's a brilliant room stand up in New York, especially yeah. when it's full like that. It's, it was great. It was a really great gig. So that gave me the taste for gigging in New York. Yeah. already had the contact. Knew I could get gigs. So I went back again last year in September. I mean, I'd st- just try to get this. I've been travelling so mm. much, it's hard to have the timeline of when. So the first year I did it was last year. So that's, that's actually two years ago. Right. So the first year I did the Scottish Festival, I only went over for a week. But it gave me the taste of, of comedy in New York. So I, I went, it was like, I want to go back and do it for a period of time and see what it's like because you can't get a butt vibe of anywhere within a couple of days you can go for a weekend do a few spots mm. but you don't really get to find out about the circuit and stuff so mm. I went back uh, and did it again so really, I did it the year before last yeah. so I went back I was uh, after doing that one gig I wanted to go back and, mm. and I gigged there 
did quite a few of the clubs. So I did stand up in New York. So Roddy was running a gig every Wednesday. I would do spots there and also go and watch. He'd be from like Godfrey on. Lots of good names, you know. He'd have lots mm-hmm. of good names coming down. So And I would do it. I'd done sets at Greenwich Comedy Club. Last year I went back in June and did Caroline's, which was yeah. great. So it's obviously one of the most famous comedy clubs in the world. Everyone's been there. Chris O'Neill and Jerry Seinfeld, mm-hmm. Larry David. So from there was great. The show was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very lucky because the, the Monday night is sort of a new material night. So sometimes it's not so busy. So I've heard horror stories of like 10 people in there in the room. Uh, yeah. It's like five, 600 people. Uh, but yeah. the night I did it, there's like 100 people in. So I, I got really lucky in that sense. And it was a lot of great acts on. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was actually followed. I think his name's uh, Darnell Rollins. So he was doing... Uh, Bill Clinton on Saturday Night Live so he's performed uh, alongside Bill Clinton at the State of the Union Address mm. so he did Bill Clinton for years he was actually doing Donald Trump yeah. up until Alec Baldwin came in and he, he lost that mm. unfortunately for him yeah, yeah. best rating Saturday Night Live I've done for 20 years and he, he was doing Donald Trump at the start but Baldwin obviously came in and took that over mm. but he, he did still do Bill Clinton alongside alongside that so he was I had to follow him so that was good because the, the crowd did know who he was so it was a yeah. bit of buzzing. It was like yeah, yeah. also because he kind of could do as long, long set as he wanted. You know, most people are doing five to ten minutes mm-hmm. or something. But he went on, and it was like he could be on for an hour. Yeah, yeah. It's just whatever the fuck he wants to do, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But Got he didn't. Message. He didn't take the piss actually at all. Oh. He did. He did ten minutes, and it yeah. was fine. He didn't. He didn't rip the arse out of it, and, and the room was fine. And went on and had a good set, which was great. I got a decent video of it. Yeah, great. Wasn't quite as good as I wanted, oh, but it's uh, always a way. There was always this little something in there. You got. I could just tighten that up a little bit. Yeah, the thing is, because I need a new video. The last video I got is from 2014 in Australia. Mm. It was a great. I've been yeah. very lucky with the videos I've got. So I get. I got the Comedy Store five minute set. Comedy Store, great video to send to promoters, and then I did a gig in Australia, which was one of the best gigs I've ever done, mm. and I got a recording of that was professionally done I didn't even know they were doing it but they were recording it and I found out somehow that they'd done it and I, and I actually paid a bit of money to get that recording mm. and he actually edited it together definitely worth it he only charged 100 bucks or something mm-hmm. and I definitely got a lot of gigs from that video yeah. and this was this great gig in, in an amphitheatre in oh, yeah. summer in, in western Australia I think I saw that a picture on your uh, on the feed or something you're doing a you're like a, it looks amazing room yeah, yeah, so uh, it's been the poor yeah. Facebook. It's a cover photo, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it looks great, you know, people oh, come to the Facebook page. It's, mm. def- it's a great picture of a vast amp. So it's an amphitheatre. Yeah. And yeah, I got a video of that, and it was a great gig. You toured in that. Australia then as well? Yeah, yeah, so I moved to Australia really, really uh, very uh, soon after I won that gong show. So mm. I moved out to Australia. I moved out for a, a job in advertising. The comedy, I got so much uh, comedy work that I was able to leave that job, which was great. You know, I couldn't believe some of the money, the money I was getting off in Australia. You know? mm. <laughs> it's too good to be true. And it turned out it was in some cases. Oh. But it was great. So I went out and lived in Western Australia. I mean, the thing is, it was comedy was really booming there at the time. Mm. Still doing well, but the economy is not doing as well in Western Australia. So Perth Fringe is just about to start now. So hopefully people won't have a terrible time in it but I think it's going to be tough for some of the acts at the Perth Fringe this year yeah. could be difficult because mm. the, I think last year was difficult for some people mm. because the economy in Australia isn't where it was like same thing that happens with all the festivals like people hear it's good they all jump on it mm-hmm. and then it gets too big and then they're still as you still are able to make money out of it but you have to it's, it's not like easy mm-hmm. it becomes difficult as opposed to like every show is going to sell out and yeah. you don't have to do anything so really lucky I got there at a really good time so I feel like comedy's kind of got to a point in Britain where it couldn't ever get any bigger. Yeah, probably was before I even started, to be mm. honest. And then in Australia, it's it's like still 
obviously it's been big in Australia for a long time, but I don't think comedy clubs have been such a big thing. Whereas, like, you would still have like big names like Carl Barron and that who would do tours. The actual comedy club scene, I think, has got a lot bigger there in the last few years. Mm. So I went there at a good time, and also my experience level, which doesn't mean so much here. It's hard to get gigs in Britain at times because, and it's fair enough because every gig you apply for, there's probably fifty other people with exactly the same experience as you, if not better. But in Australia, doing pro gigs and stuff like that, it means something there. So I was able to get good gigs, MCing gigs, and uh, yeah. and, and get rebooked by most promoters. So mm. it went really well, and I, I ended up going back there last year, which was great. Mm. So went back there, had a free trip out to Australia, mm. and uh, that's when I ended up in Hawaii as well because I wanted to get back to America, which is when I did Caroline. So yeah. Hawaii was a, was one I didn't ever expect to be doing. But with with the Australia gigs now, did you manage... There's a mining circuit there, isn't there? Yeah, I didn't really do the mining circuit. Right. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard... I know a lot of guys who did, mm. and I've heard really, like, fucked up stories mm. and stuff like that, people peeing in people's tents and things like that. Yeah. And, because the mining gigs there, you, you do the gig, like, the guys are working shifts. Yeah. So some of the gigs are like six in the morning. Mm-hmm. If you do a gig at six in the morning, and they're supposed to be terrible, but the money's quite good for them. Yeah. But uh, I never got who. I knew the guy, Chris Dooley, actually gigged with him a few times, but uh, I never I never actually did them. Right, right. Or particularly fancied them. Yeah, yeah, they sound a bit uh, rough and ready sort of thing. Yeah, but the money was good, so I've somewhat. I mean, I was pretty busy gig, gig wise, so I wasn't mm. really desperate to get them. I never mm. ever pushed to get them. Cause, mm. But the money was apparently quite good for them. But I did gig in Kanguli, which is a, is a mining town, mm. which was really, really fun. No whimsy. No whimsy or something. No, it was, no, it, was uh, it was a nice gig. You know, the, yeah. it wasn't a really, really hard gig or a like, rough gig. Yeah. Really, you may expect this is a, it was a mining community. We're not yeah. really mining people. Just, yeah. I mean, most of them probably connected some way because that's mm-hmm. almost there. So they have like the biggest. You should have a look at it. I'll show you a Google image of yeah. the biggest outdoor mining pit right. in the world. Mm. Uh, so it's massive to see. But yeah, that was like eight hours from Perth. You got a train there. Mm. That, that was great. And MC two gigs there. Yeah. The Sons of Fred, who are a really good act. Uh, they came into Edinburgh last year. And that was really fun. Cool. It was a new acts on. It was all new acts, but they all did really well. So. And you, so you went from Australia to Hawaii then, is that right? Not that time when I was there, but yeah, this year I did. So this yeah. year I was like doing Australia. went back to Australia. I wanted to get to America. I was having a family holiday in Florida. Mm. And also wanted to go and do uh, Caroline's again. Yeah. At this time, I went back to New York. I did some other gigs, but it was the main pull-on point was to do Caroline's. Yeah. Did you do the uh, the Disneyland? Thing yeah, yeah, I did all the Disneyland yeah, things. Yeah. yeah, that was amazing. You, is, uh, what, what was your favourite ride? Favourite ride at Disneyland. Yeah. Fucking. Hell. Did you go to like Epcot and all of those things and like it's a small world and all this? Yeah, yeah, did it. Yeah, yeah. did it. Did all that stuff. And Animal Kingdom's a new one. That's really yeah. fun. It's got the animals and stuff. Obviously, uh, that was fun. Yeah, cool. But I can't really think of favourite ride. I like the. Uh, I think was it the Aerosmith ride? I was too scared for that. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I don't really like roller coasters. Oh, right. I don't mind them, but you end up just going on and like having a sore neck. So it's like right. yeah, you're yeah. on it for two two minutes and you walk off and you got a sore neck for weeks. But mm. I've been on roller coasters, but yeah. I wouldn't necessarily queue up for ages. And I, I think of it. When I go on roller coasters, usually it's like I've had a couple of pints as well. Right. So that, that helps, helps for the courage, you know. <laughs> and the pain uh, relief afterwards, like, you know, I guess. Yeah, Hawaii yeah. was really fun. It's a very small scene out there. There's not a comedy club out there. I think there could be, but there isn't. I actually missed Amy Schumer there by one oh, week. She did the right. same room that I did. A really strange sort of pool home type of place mm. in a car park. So it's mm. a random... Because everyone yeah. drives in America, I guess, to the, the pubs and bars. But yeah. yeah, it was just in a car park. You don't really yeah. get pubs and car parks in Britain 
and it's quite a nice little room. They're all quite small gigs. The gigs are in Hawaii, mm. but fun gig in Hawaii. What, what's, it, what's the difference between gigging over here in the UK and gigging in, like, say, America, like in New York? You can go darker, I guess, in New York any than you can over here, or would you just do the, your own thing? Or I mean, I don't do dark material, so it doesn't really affect me. Though, mm. So I don't really just do the same thing you do. Yeah, well, some jokes you can't do because they're locally referenced to Britain. So sure. you change it up a little bit. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. But mm. my comedy kind of. Because I lived in Australia, a lot of it is kind of about worldwide celebrities, yeah. so it kind of can use it in Oklahoma, mm. Hawaii, more universal stuff. Dundee. Yeah, you've tapped, you've just become more. Uh, your your references have just become more universal, really. Yeah, I've uh, got universal references. Yeah, mm. so that helps my style. In New York, I think the comics do have a bit more leeway with the crowd. I think mm. that there's a bit more uptightness in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Americans are more confident and outgoing than Britain, British mm. people, so that, that does help, and mm. it means that they're not as scared to say things that mm-hmm. some American comics mm. will say. It's just a different... It's the same at Australia as well, that Britain is quite an uptight culture, mm. so and it feeds through any comedy, so people, comics don't really go quite as deep as they do. Mm. Obviously, there's a lot more comics there as well, so... Mm. There are, but then obviously people like Frankie Boyle who do stuff that's just as dark yeah. so it's not that you can't do it in Britain it's just that on the circuit you would I think there is a bit more of a relaxed atmosphere I don't think there's an uptightness as much uptightness and I think that's why so you're from Glasgow is that right? I'm from just outside Glasgow yeah, yeah a place yeah. called I'm sort of Coatbridge Airdrie so lovely place yeah lovely place it's country then no, it's, no, uh, it's, uh, it's, no it's just a small commuter town. It used to be a mining town, so there's not a huge amount of stuff going on there. There's like one gig that's a comedian called Patrick Rawlings actually from there. So he's quite well known in Scotland, sort of headliner type act. Mm. So he started a gig there. It seemed to have had quite good acts on it, but it's not. there's not really much comedy there. Yeah. Is that where you started gigging? No, I started gigging in London, so yeah. I started because just for some fun, really. And did a comedy course, you know. Shouldn't oh. be telling anyone that, but <laughs> what was uh, the? Uh, <laughs> you got Mickey, Mickey Flanagan did a comedy course, so I yeah, think yeah. Greg Davis. So I think that. Sorry, yeah, that I was that's all right. But that's it. Yeah, I just I had no like ambitions at all. I just did it for fun. A lot of my friends had left London, and I was looking for stuff to do. And uh, also, the the job I was working at had like a fund where they would give you like a couple of hundred quid to do whatever you wanted. Mm. So I did some acting classes and they kind of were fun, but they didn't really lead anywhere. Mm. Someone at the class mentioned he was doing a comedy course and he had a gig at the end of it. Mm. And that kind of appealed to the stand-up gig. So five-minute spot didn't seem like it was going to be... seems like a long time when you're thinking about uh-huh. going on stage for the first time, but mm. doesn't seem like the end of the world, you know. So I did the course and it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Doing like f- five-minute set each week. You would write a set every week and that material and you would then do it at the end. It's obviously a protected environment where everyone's there, like your friends of the acts, no real punters in there, yeah. and they all kind of laugh at your stuff, you know, yeah, and yeah. it's a great buzz, a hundred people yeah, all laughing. Yeah. Great, so. hundred people there in this, right? Around about that, maybe yeah. like maybe a little less than that, I don't know, 60 to 100 people, something yeah, like that. Yeah. 100 might be a bit on the, going a bit over the top, but it, was, it wasn't far off, you know, mm. there was a full room of people, yeah, yeah, at least great. 60 people, 60, 70 people mm. on. Yeah, it was a great, great start, so yeah. it gave you just great buzz, you know. How the next one go? I could, the next one I think was terrible yeah. but not like, like, yeah, the, like crushing, not, like, not crushingly yeah. bad you know right, that's a, good that's I think good. the next one I, I, a lot of the people I did the course with just stopped not that they weren't good they just didn't want to do it they just mm. didn't want to like keep going there's people that were quite strong in the course but they just didn't keep doing yeah. but yeah I got into Chortle and I got this gig down in Ealing and it was just in a pub and it was one of those ones where you have like a door behind you and yeah, there was yeah. people at the bar talking uh-huh. 
I remember some of the people that were on. Some of the guys are still going. Mark Diamond was there. Pete Dobbin was there. Yeah, Mark Diamond's not gigging anymore, is he? He's finished. I haven't now. seen him for ages, so but he was one of those people that you would not see a lot anyway. But yeah, I yeah. don't know. I haven't the giant. The, he was a tall, yeah. tall chap. Yeah, he, uh, he, uh, I think that I was talking to Alex Perry, and he said that he's not doesn't do comedy anymore. Yeah, there's a few. I think it's that stage where like it's well, if we're not, if we've, we've done everything we can, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Five yeah. six years. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a few people who. Started similar time to me, I think. I've signed of yeah. given up, you know. Yeah, or, yeah. I'm not giving. I just had dead enough, you just know. Enough I've done it. I've done as much <laughs> as we want, you know. Uh, so Henry, I saw that Paul Dance, who was really funny. Yeah. Uh, he quit because, oh. but I think it was more like he was having illness or whatever. So, right. but yeah. So this gig was like it was a terrible gig. So it wasn't like I, 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 it was nothing you could do. So mm. like, everyone had, had struggled. Four or five people in the area. Yeah. It wasn't like I'd gone in. Mm. To a room full of people and it was yeah. booed out. So. No, no, no. And the next saying. one I did was yeah. the Spiky Mike Gong show, and that well, yeah. I, went up, I went up with Jack Samuel Warner, who's another person who doesn't do it anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Who was who was good? Yeah. He was doing quite well. Mm-hmm. You know, he got to like Leicester Square final, yeah, beat yeah. the goal. I think he might have actually won the goal. Oh, yeah. So he didn't do it anymore. But he, we went up together and uh, got through that, mm. and that was great. You know, the blessing and carriage. I think he still runs a gig there, and it's a re- I don't know if you've been to that room, but it's a yeah. really nice pub kick, mm. and it was great. So that was. Wow, three yeah, gigs yeah. in. I, I'm, I've done it. Yeah, I've caught up the world. <laughs> yeah, I've completed comedy. I've done it. I'm, yeah, I'm killing it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and then I, after that, I remember I've got really. I don't really remember what happened after that. I remember yeah. doing the one, the Carnival gig for Guadalamargos. Right. Yeah. The comedy bin and having a terrible gig there. Oh yeah, they're the, difficult rooms to play anyway, aren't they? Really. Yeah, that was a. They're uh, not easy. It they're, was the first time I met uh, Johnny Armstrong. Oh yeah. It wasn't a yeah, great he's, night. He's disputed. He's, he's in very well. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, he's very big in Germany. Yeah, yeah. I definitely recommend you watch his set on German TV. It's very oh, fair fun. play. Yeah. He's got a big beard and. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely was one of the funniest things I've seen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Still in the same set, I think. So. Oh really. Yeah, <laughs> but not good on him. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. He seems to have done quite well. There, so that's cool. I don't think he'll be coming back. But oh, really? <laughs> I remember I was doing this thing where I would go on with glasses and do like Moby or whatever, and it was like it was kind of an all or nothing bit. I think really because yeah. it was like if I had that, it's like your opening joke. If it dies mm. and it's arse, like yeah. then if it really dies, yeah. then you need somewhere to go after that. So yeah, that was one of the very very few times I've been doing comedy that I've wanted to come off stage while I was on. So I think even. When you're on, yeah. you're enjoying it really. You're getting something out of it for the most part. But that was definitely one where I didn't know what to do, and I was like, I need to get off. I, yeah. I really, want, I just can't wait till this is over. Yeah. So that was terrible. Yeah. That, that was terrible. Well, it wasn't like it, and I'm not a sort of person that came off and like I was going to kill myself. No, no, it, but no. it was. But I didn't enjoy it. So. You know that. You, you so that's hardly that's yeah. hardly ever happened. Yeah. It happened. There was a gig in Glasgow that like not that long ago where yeah. that, that happened, but I was really tired and. It was, I turned up for this new material gig in Glasgow on a Wednesday mm. night and I was expecting there would be 10 people there I'll try a couple of stupid jokes yeah. and leave but I went there and it was rammed oh, it was yeah. absolutely it was rammed there was people yeah. in here who were drunk like they came yeah. it's like a Saturday night crowd yeah. and I was really tired and like it didn't start that well you know and I was probably mm. one of the more experienced acts on and because I'm not that well known in Scotland mm. I was like I would expect to do better or whatever and mm. I was like, God, this is terrible. Yeah. Can't wait to get off here. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't that bad. But it was a bad day at work, don't they? Like that's it. You can't. Yeah, you know. but it's real. I would ever want to come off. Like so, but that's happened two or three times. I saw like you had a, a poster for your show. Yeah. What was what was the name of your show again? 
Oh, you should have done your research. No, mate. I know. I, I had it. I Sleep ahead in the last year. There's a venue called Nightcap, which was next door to the stand. Yeah. So it was great. Really lucky to get mm. it. Uh, it was a last minute thing that PBH got. Came back from travelling a lot. I didn't quite know what I was going to do. Mm. Yeah, and got this room just next door to the stand. Yeah. So pretty good location, really. Done really well. Yeah. The show's called Bald Man Sings Rihanna. Doing that again yeah. in Glasgow. And also doing one in London on the 9th of March for Andy Kirk. There yeah. you go. And uh, so I'll be doing a few more. I mean, there's a few other comedy festivals that are popping up. So. Yeah. What other festivals are you doing this year then? Well, that's it. Glasgow, possibly Edinburgh. Mm. This Rotherham thing I might be doing. Yeah. After that, I don't know, Hastings I might do. I think you're doing it I'm this doing year, yeah? This so year, what, yeah. Have you done it before? Or? Uh, no, never done it before, no. Yeah, I had fun there last year. Mm. It, was, it was good fun. It was a small show, but uh, it was good. It was. Do you sing in it? Yeah, it's called Bald Man Sings right, Rihanna. You do so, sing Rihanna, right? Yeah, but it's not just singing Rihanna, you know. So that's the uh, the, the name of the show. Yeah. It, it attracts people, and, cool. it, and there's about there's enough about Rihanna to keep yeah. me going. But it's a kind of show that I could keep doing because you know the show's not all about Rihanna. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit. It's like Rihanna. It's all few jokes about that. Yeah. And then other bit, and yeah, then I'll do more Rihanna bit. So you can just insert any material into it, really. Yeah, so. That's handy. Yeah, that's you need a hook sometimes. Though. I think so, yeah, I, th- I think you do really, if yeah. no one knows who you are, oh, yeah, you, sure. unless you've got like a really good venue, that, mm. like Espionage or somewhere on the free fringe anyway, or the Beehive or something like that, which is just going to film, no matter what you do. Yeah, it was a great show and I feel like it's a great show for me to do anyway, I, I think people seem to enjoy it, so, it, also it's quite, a, it's a funny show, so people come, the name's a bit funny, people come expecting something stupid, Yeah. so they come in a good mood. And, yeah, that's true. And yeah, even yeah. a bad mood, but did, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was yeah. great. It was. It didn't, it, I didn't know what to expect because I've never done a. I've, it was a forty-five minute show, so I didn't want to, yeah. you know, for the big debut or whatever. So mm. just coming, maybe. Did your family come see you? Uh, yeah, they did actually. Yeah, they came. Mom and Dad actually came on the first night, so that was interesting. Yeah, so was a bit, I didn't. I didn't necessarily want to come on the first oh, night because yeah. it was a bit like I'd only done it twice before. Of course, I didn't because this is why I didn't really try to get reviewed or anything mm. like that. I wasn't in the program, so I wasn't in the program. I didn't want because I'd never done the show before. I didn't even. This is a new venue in Edinburgh, so I hadn't seen the room. So I didn't know what to expect when I got there. It could have it could have been some cupboard or something like that. Mm. But it was a it was a really nice room. Yeah. So I didn't want to start saying, "I'll oh, come and see the show," and then you turn it's a terrible venue. Mm. There's three people there, and you got a reviewer in. It's not really what you want, but I got the. Um, I mean, maybe I could have done that because it went well. It mm. went. It went a lot better than it could, I expected, as well as I could have expected at the higher echelons. You know, so I didn't mm. push for reviews or anything. And I'd done it twice. So I did the one in Hastings, which went really well, mm. and then I did another preview, which was really funny. It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, so I'd done. It was like I guess that's what you want at previews. You want a bit of a. You want to. You want that. I'm not quite sure how if it's quite. I guess I don't know. Maybe you want to know that the show's great. Grind it out. What needs to be tweaked? But yeah, I then. knew the good thing about that preview was, and I think I knew at the time that it was not going to be get as bad. It wasn't be as hard as that again. Uh, that uh-huh. was. It was a really. Yeah. It was a really. So I did it with a guy called Andy Ritchie who runs gigs in uh, Barcelona. Mm. Really nice guy, and I don't really know anyone in Edinburgh so much. So to get people to come and see a preview of me, unless you're going to film the room with friends. And this was for a small, a small promoter, so there wasn't going to be any like natural audience there. So Andy asked him because I thought he could help me out bringing some people in. So he brought, he just was doing some work in Edinburgh at the time, and he brought people. They, these are people I didn't actually know very well. So they came, and it was about ten of them, which for the size of the room was good. It was a good preview size of audience. 
but they were quite strange. They were just a strange group of people. Yeah. You know, they weren't. They all worked together, so they yeah. weren't for a group of friends. Yeah, yeah. And it was all like one group of friends. And Andy's a, does gigs in Barcelona, and but he's a bit. He's quite new, so he was MC, and he was he kind of knew everyone in the crowd, and he was like oversaw that he was really nervous about that and create a strange atmosphere and it was it was just going to be it would have been tough anyway it wasn't Andy's fault though but it was it was a grind of a, mm-hmm. a grind of a show no, not a disaster they clearly hadn't hated me or anything mm-hmm. but it was hard going to get mm-hmm. laughs or whatever yeah. over 45 minutes and it was a really it was a strange strange incident with a guy I think my, that my shoe that was untied mm-hmm. and I asked him to tie my shoelace just joking around and he got really, really upset about it. It was like really awkward for, and it was really hard to come back from that. Mm-hmm. It was really, really. Yeah. He, he took it as if I'd asked him to like, I don't know, wipe my bum or something. Yeah. I asked him to tie my lace. You know, it wasn't a big deal if he didn't do it, but it was like, I don't know, maybe I, at the end of the day, it wasn't the audience member's fault because I brought him into it, but he, yeah. he reacted quite strangely. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, really offended. Maybe he didn't know how to tie shoelaces. <laughs> maybe that was <laughs> it. Maybe shoes. I was going to get shown up. Yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah. Sure. So that was tough. So after yeah. that, there was no, no nothing oh, in with it. There's a couple. There was a couple of tough ones in Edinburgh. Not nothing like that though. But mostly the shows in Edinburgh were really good to good. There was only one one that would. It was a couple of the Sundays of a small audience, and there was mm. one that one of the, the first the Saturday. So that was the day when mom and dad came. Yeah. and his wife, and they yeah. came in the first one, and it actually went great. Yeah. You know, it was a Saturday night. It was absolutely really, really busy. It was a great show. Went really well. The Saturdays on the whole went really well. Uh-huh. But then the next night was a Sunday, and it was like twelve people came. And this was a gig that was for me was really hard. But it was probably mm. the hardest one to perform in the whole run. They were they were a strange bunch of, of people. And it was a girl. It was an American girl, and she was kind of like tutting at some of the jokes mm. and stuff like that. I was like, what is going on here? And for me, it was really, really. It was quite tough at times. And it was one point in the show. I was like, you know what? I can't be doing this. Just, just pull, yeah. let's just cancel this. But let's just walk off or like oh. just say that's enough is enough. But you know, eventually it, we got we got there in the end, oh. and it had its ups and downs. And then out of like the ten people, I got like eighty quid. Mm. So they all put in like a lot. Of, uh, you know, they could, they'd had a good time, and they had seen that had obviously had to work really hard to perform in front in front mm-hmm. of this crowd. And then I left the room, and they were all like stood there like applauding, Please. which yeah. was a, a really nice thing. Yeah. So, and then we all went out drinking together. It was quite right. amazing, you know, yeah. and for what had been hard work. But I think it did show you that in Edinburgh, sometimes the audience, it's a very different crowd mm. to maybe a, a normal gig where, you know, you know that the promoter's expecting something and if they're not laughing, the promoter's like, oh, this guy isn't funny. But Edinburgh, like that, shows you that just because they're not necessarily showing you this, mm-hmm. this love in terms of laughter necessarily, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not enjoying themselves, you That's know? It. So they had a good time and, mm-hmm. and this girl who was saying was talking to my jokes was like, oh, this was great. Like, yeah. And like genuinely, you know, you do get people who are, who you know and are not being genuine they say things like that but she had had a great time but because she's like from small town America yeah. just doesn't quite know what a comedy show is how yeah. to react to it and yeah they would had a great time and, and what about your uh, your mum and dad how were they how, what was the feedback you got after that because uh, oh, the they first hated time they it came, yeah. oh no <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no they had a great time that wasn't the first time I've seen you perform though was it I think it's the first time they've seen me do a set before oh, yeah right. wow. they've seen me MC before yeah but I don't think they'd seen me do a set before. No. And, and like, what was the, the feet? They loved it, right? Yeah, they seemed to think it was good. So they, they enjoyed it. It was a really good show that night. Uh, it was one of the best ones, I think, which and, was great. And your brother is, was there with his wife, is that right? Said. Yeah, they had a... And, and how, like, is he older or younger than you? 
Yeah, he's about older than me. Is yeah. he right? So he's like eight years older than me. Right, and uh, and how did he uh, how did he react? Yeah, yeah, no, he enjoyed good that. Yeah. That's great, good man. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. my other brother came. Unfortunately, they came later in the oh, run. My right. brother and, and yeah. his wife and, and my other brother. And, Got uh, two brothers in. Yeah, yeah. So they came, and it wasn't a great show that night. Oh. It wasn't terrible, right. but I hoped it was going to be mm. one like a really good one. Yeah, yeah. It was good. It was solid, but it was it wasn't. The room I had is quite small, so mm. it's if people come that you know, like you can see everyone in the crowd. Yeah. So a lot of the the show is based on like audience interaction. Yeah. So when there are people there that you know, it makes it it makes it more difficult, I mm. think, yeah. because it's so off the cuff, you know. Yeah. And you have got that bit in the back of your head that that they are they're right there. Like yeah. it's not like if they're in a crowd, like in mm. the stand or something in a dark room, mm. you don't really you forget that they are. But mm, mm. in that room, you couldn't forget. So, but no, it was good. But mm. you know, I had, I had a great run. Yeah, who knows? I, I've, I've applied this year. I don't, don't know what the situation is with me, so mm. I don't know what I'll be, be doing this year, but I may do the same show again. Can you take but, it back to the Scottish Festival in Oklahoma? It's, it's not a comedy festival, right. so it's right. it's not shows. It's We do a stand-up show where we're three guys will do a set. Mm. Yeah, a compilation show, and we'll bring bands on at the stage. So, yeah, so it's just can change you know so it's it's a fun show everyone seems to have a good time there's a lot of that stuff you can use for your normal stand up set as well from the uh, Bald Man Sings Rihanna yeah exactly yeah. yeah it's not it's not linked to any of the show so, did you yeah. manage to record it as well I didn't record the show oh, no right. yeah it, would, it could have been nice to have, have a recording yeah. set on DVD <laughs> why not a little bit of merch after the show t-shirts <laughs> yeah that's a thing that I think yeah. more comics probably should do really yeah. it's, it's definitely a thing in America that they do but British people, I think, again, the uptightness and the awkwardness of British mm. comics is like they don't want to push themselves too oh, much. Yeah. I guess it is difficult if you're turning up and doing it, you're opening or doing 10 minutes mm. to come and bring merchandise or whatever, but the headliners don't do it either. So, mm. yeah, people won't buy it, especially if they've had a good time. You know, people should do more of it. You know, it's just yeah. a DVD. They might have never watched it, but mm. again, DVDs are tough now, but yeah, yeah. I guess it takes a bit of effort and forward thinking but I've seen guys in Australia you know Colin Cole would be selling out of t-shirts just t-shirts I laughed as Colin Cole nothing to them but they've had a great time and it's like five bucks so this guy's great we like this guy we want to help him out and they've had a few pints yeah and then I mean the t-shirt goes in the bin or like in a drawer and never ever see it again but you know it's a good way to make extra money you know we've got a friend look who did the Scottish festival with he only sells out of the CDs at it something I probably should do for, for like festivals like that but do you do improv as well or do you stand up yeah, just I do improv in sets. I, I MC a lot, and I like mm. MCing, so I like to improvise with the audience. But I haven't actually done any improv now. Mm. I went to see Second City last year, which was really fun in Chicago. So I'd like to do do some of it to just to see see how I feel. Who knows? Mm. You know, I've done acting classes and things like that, so you're improvising there. So mm. yeah, but I saw that there's some courses coming up, so I might, I might look at doing that. You know, add an extra strength to the board. The MCing stuff really helps with uh, everything else anyway, doesn't it? You know, just being relaxed and being free on stage and riffing and where you're going to go with it. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So I started MCing in Edinburgh. The first Edinburgh show I did it was like called Brett Hawk Comedy, so it was a compilation show. Mm. Haley Crossland and Stu Privet. Mm. So yeah, I did that to practice MCing. Mm. We, all, like, we would change the lineup every day, headline one day, open one day, etc. Mm. So yeah, MCed at that and then started my own gig which I had lots of great acts come down mm. and do. I had two gigs. Originally I had Stokey Jokey, which is, right. is in Stoke Newington. Yeah. And uh, then I had uh, Alice in Thunderland, mm-hmm. which ran in West Hampstead for a year and a half. So, and a really nice little room. Both gigs went well. So I really do like MCing. Mm. It's a, a lot of fun. 
I'm going to say I prefer it, but I think doing my own shows on MC would be yeah. the things I prefer. But then sometimes it's in sets as great as well. Yeah, a little like, you know, quick hit and off you go. Right but yeah, everyone should try and MC at some point. Mm. You know? Setting up your own gig, but don't just set up your own gig if you have no experience at stand-up and mm. start MCing. You, know? you have yeah. to have some MCing experience before you jump in and do it. Going way back now, when was the first time you, you thought, like, you were, were you like a performer as a kid? Were you, like, do you in, in school, did they teach acting or drama or anything like that? I was kind of a class clown, so I would get right. laughs and stuff yeah. like that, up on, but not massively, you know. Uh. Uh, but yes, I definitely did get laughs at school yeah. and mess about a bit. I did some best man speeches, so I think it's a story for quite a few comedians that mm. that's how they kind of got the bug for it kind of thing. Yeah. So I did a couple of best man speeches and that was the first time you get that feeling of the big laugh from mm. the crowd. And a few people mentioned it, so mm. it was kind of in my head from after that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun doing mm. the best man speeches, and it's fairly similar vibe to after you've had a really good gig, you know. You're taking Paul Manting's Rihanna up, up there Possibly, again. yeah. Or so, actually do the same show again in, the second, in two years in a row. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Terror wasn't it? No, I don't, I don't know. I, I, there's no rules to it, is there? So no, no, at all. I mean, Louisa did it, so Louisa did it very successfully, so I feel like, and then Raul and Coley did the same, not necessarily the same show, but the same title. As I say with me, it's not necessarily the same show. The show could be completely different. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be the same at all. Yeah. But I have the same name. The name the name sells it to people to audience. Yeah. It's not been reviewed this show. So last year maybe kind of was a preview of the film show. Yeah, so as I say, Louisa did it and she did it very successfully. Mm. So I don't really feel there's any... If you've got a good show, especially like no one's seen it. Mm. No one has seen it. So obviously audience have seen it, but yeah. there's no... I don't see why you can't take the same shop and, and just change it a bit. There's no law against it. So. That's it. Some people like want to write a new hour. That's the challenge. They set themselves every year. They want mm. to write a new hour of comedy, and, and that's fine. But yeah. if you're still enjoying forming the material, yeah. there's no need to throw it out. That's I true, mean, yeah. Seinfeld's doing the same material after 20 years. You know, he's got yeah. opinion where like the crowd can't see specific bits of his stuff. Well, other people will disagree with him, and other big comics will say, "I want to do new stuff all the time." Mm. For him, he feels like. There's an obligation to do some of the best bits, mm. which I kind of get, you know. Mm. And Kevin Bridges gets heckled from people saying, "Oh, do that bit and stuff." That's the greatest hits, isn't it? You know, it's like it's like an album. Jimmy Carr just did the greatest hits tour there, oh. so he, he put like all of his best jokes from all his tours and, and did them. So yeah, sure, it's a bit, yeah, that's it. There's nothing wrong with polishing yourself up. You got already. There's always a new way to look at it, or a new way to fit, you know to craft a new bit out of it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I've done this show though, and it'd been completely reviewed, and yeah. I'd felt like it was impossible maybe it's time to get rid of it but mm. it was like last year it was the last minute things I hadn't I hadn't done any previews so the amount of shows I did in Edinburgh was probably about the amount of previews some people yeah. do and the show works and it brings people in so I think it's very difficult if no one knows who you are to find the show title that yeah, is going like to bring people in the hook, you know, so you what, would be, uh, what, we on, what would Beyonce do with a great title yeah, so there's it. no reason to drop it it's going to bring people in yeah and that the show title doesn't mean anything in that case you know you mm-hmm. could t- write a different hour yeah true true like, so I, there's no reason for me to change the, the name of the show I don't think you know, unless I can find another name you have to find another title that's going to bring people in mm. so just saying Gary Sansom blah 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 yeah what's that doesn't mean anything to anyone so yeah I mean Ralph Franken had an awards as, did you hear Ralph Franken <laughs> yeah, read all those. and he was like yeah, yeah so people who are, don't know mm-hmm. people who do the Harry Potter shows or whatever you mm-hmm. win the award because but yeah, they're, they're taking advantage of it. They're jumping on the top of it, and yeah. uh, I'm doing the same. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So you need a way to. There's a way in. Like you're just carving your way in. That's you're trying to find. You have to bring. You have to. People, yeah. There has to be something for the people that come yeah. to the show. For like, like like Yanni uh, did the Yanni just the Simpsons. The, uh, yeah. Simpsons. That's it. Uh, that's and that's doing really well. 
Oh yeah, it's a good, great idea for a show. Mm. Yeah, and he's done really well with it. Yeah. So well done to him. So. I see the Perth festival you were talking about there as well. He took it there and he said he's doing great there with it. And you know, it just he's taking it back again. He's taking, taking it back again. Yeah, that's great, man. I've so, only had a good time in Edinburgh, so good fan. That's it, man. The same sort of thing. That's it. If you can find that hook, you might as well just keep using it until uh, until you come up with something else, maybe. Just drain as much out of yeah. it as well. Milk the shit out of it. Milk what, what's wrong with that? You know, that's it. If you have uh, if you have just some sort of angle. Have things on it, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think if you've got a show that brings people in, then keep at it, man. And so what, do you do any other writing apart from just stand-up? I write for everything. Oh, everything. everything. Any stand-up on TV or any, anything, it's all been written by me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so. yeah. Anything that's good. Yeah, yeah. that's good. what I thought. I did think that there was a bit of a Gary Sampson touch about a lot yeah, of the things I've seen. Yeah, I'm like an anonymous writer. Mm, all the good stuff. Not the, and none of the shit stuff. All the good stuff. Right? All the good stuff. No, yeah. I write for, just write myself and my stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would like to write for shows. I would, but... At this point, I haven't really looked into it too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't pushed pushed myself forward. Touring for that. stuff as well, though. Not touring stuff, but like, like things like I don't know. There isn't really the UK equivalent of the ITV are trying to bring in a show now. Mm. I think it's called the Nightly Show. ITV are bringing in, which is going to be their version of like Stephen Colbert. Right. So a job like that, which is why I think there's a lot of good comics in America who write for Daily Show and they write for Colbert, they write for Jimmy Fallon. So they've got a target they have to write, mm. but they're not really that much here in terms mm. of writing so there's not really there are, I guess there's like news jack and things like that but yeah writing is I'm I'm definitely one of the like say I was like listening to Frankie Boyle the other day and he was saying how much he enjoys the writing aspect of it but he hates performing mm. it's a real yeah he really really hates it that's why he doesn't do much stand up you know or Jimmy Carr's on the other side but he loves performing and I'm someone who probably likes performance even more I guess but I do, I do like writing, but just sitting down and doing it is difficult. You know, most of my stuff just I see something in the, in the in the press or I see something on TV, and then I'll write a joke about it in my head, and then and try it on stage. But it's a discipline that I should probably try and get better at is sitting down and writing. You know, I've put a lot into doing stand up, but you know, there's a lot more I could put into it as well. Yeah, which, yeah. And I feel like you get you get the rewards if you put that into it. You know, so yeah. but I'm doing quite well for what I'm putting in for what I'm putting in you know I'm, yeah. I'm doing well so I'm quite happy but you know I, I, sh- I should probably write more but I don't mind it's just it's like when I, I compared it to when I was at university you know if you would like I wouldn't write an essay until like the night before mm-hmm. so there's no deadline on company mm-hmm. so it. you have to push yourself to do it yourself you know mm-hmm. I know there's people who work with other people you know, yeah. and that gives them the deadline. Mm. So when I did a comedy course, for example, you would write five minutes each week and it was good. But I guess, I guess I'm at that point where I've got, not that the set's perfect or anything, but it works most of the time, or mm. nine, nine times out of ten it'll mm. work and it'll work with most crowds for the type of gigs that I do anyway. So at this moment, there's not really that pressure on me because I still enjoy performing. There's a lot of comedians who are like, oh God, I can't perform this again and I won't lie and say that it's Sometimes that I don't want to perform the same thing again as mm. well. But the thing that I enjoy is making the audience laugh and also the improvisation aspect. The things that I think the audience enjoy more and all comedians, even though they're writing new material, what they generally enjoy more is things that they don't expect to happen, mm-hmm. the interaction with the crowd. Mm. And yeah, I've always, from day one, first gig, I spoke to the audience. You know, mm. a lot of comedians when they first start out are really scared to talk to the crowd. And that's something I got over straight away. Mm. I always talked to the crowd. Mm. And then obviously more and more and more I emceed. So I much prefer it, especially at my shows in Edinburgh, which were great, and there was a lot of, like, it was improvised. Mm. 
and that's the stuff I like doing. So, so that's the side about I like a lot, a lot more than the actual written down stuff. Mm. It is nice when a new joke works. Yeah, it is nice, but not as nice as when you do a bit that can never ever be repeated. You know, and some comedians don't like that though. So mm. you, like, I think a few came to my show in Edinburgh and they were like, "Wow, like, that must have been pain, annoying for you or whatever." And I was like, "No, like, I love that. Mm-hmm. I like it when the audience get involved." Is it, I mean, nine times out of ten, like the heckles are nice and mm. they're, they're trying to get involved. Yeah. When you're in a small room like that, yeah. you've got to expect it, and I definitely invite it. So, yeah. But like, uh, you even think to yourself, like, they're sitting down, they've come to sit down to watch me. Yeah. They're heckling me, they're still sitting there, they still want to see something happen. You know, they're, they're, yeah, as long not, as it's not yeah. nasty, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's yeah. something that's helping. I mean, it's mm. not really helping in a sense, but sometimes it's. It's fun, you know. Mm. Necessarily, if it's just a, a, if you're inviting it, mm. clearly inviting it, which I do, invite it. So mm-hmm. some comedians yeah. don't want that at all. Yeah. So then you shouldn't do it. But if the if the comedian is, is clearly comfortable with it, exactly. Then, to me, that's what I enjoy more. So that that's I guess comes into the fact that I enjoy performing more than the writing. That jeopardy. Although it's just the fact that yeah. I should sit down and write more, maybe. But you know, if I want to, I will. Yeah, that's it. So, that's it. Just what if you, again, that's what I have you, this conversation all the time about, mm, oh, I should write more, I should write yeah. more, and people are, people always say, oh, well, don't say that, just start doing it. But it's, but it's like that with everything, isn't it? Oh, I should, I should exercise more, I should, you know, do what you need, feel comfortable with. But yeah, I mean, it's difficult, yeah. you know, when you're doing gigs that you're getting paid for. I'm not necessarily someone who goes out and does loads of, like, open mic gigs, like Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Thursday, you know, because... It just isn't there for you. So mm. doing new material, like you see, you'll do like two new material gigs a night and a week, and then you'll do two paid sets or something like mm. that. Mm. It's like you'll do this, do a bit of new material, and then it, it might work, and then you won't do it again for another week. Yeah. So unless you're like keeping on top of it, yeah. you know, you need to be out doing that bit five times in the same week and and getting it right, kind of thing. Getting that momentum of of gigs mm. is difficult. Okay, what's your highest high of the last? two three years oh, oh well oh, we'll include we'll we'll the four days of this year and the last two years definitely this is the highest high thanks man this is, <laughs> this is the this is the highlight yeah. last year I, would, I don't know Caroline's would have been up there doing yeah. Caroline's was really good with the last three years I guess that Australia would come into that doing mm. it doing Australia what else was going on last year I, I mean Edinburgh was great like the yeah. bit, probably the, the Saturday night in Edinburgh the, there was one that really stuck out as yeah. being incredibly good but Edinburgh was great, yeah. That was a real high. Some of the shows in Edinburgh were, were great. So I would say that Edinburgh was definitely the highlight of last year. Mm. How well it went, you know. This was excellent, excellent fringe. Yes, I did some great gigs in Australia as well, which were awesome. Doing Caroline's with a bit of an... It was yeah. definitely up there. I did the New York Comedy Club last year, which mm. was a really fun set. Mm. The... Uh, the, f- the festival in Oklahoma was mm. would, would stick out from last year. Mm. I mean that that was amazing last year. It just gets better every year we go. So, what, what, I mean, yeah. it's a fair as well as it as well as a festival. Did they have any like what what kind of stuff <laughs> oh, do they God. have there? They, it sounds like want to see, I want to no. Go on, go they on. Have these like horses walking around in the bacon heat. It's so sad. Yeah, made to walk around in like this. Oh. Have you seen one of those things? Where yeah, they walk yeah. around a bit like that thing in Conan. We have to push the thing. You have to push the thing around to grind the mill or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they have things like that. You know, right. like a kids kids yeah. glen and all this nonsense. Right. right. But it's a really it's very very cheap to get. It's a really good festival. Yeah. They have all types of music there. Yeah. So they have like Celtic rock and then they have the fiddles and all those mm. things. You know. Everything that Scottish people do yeah. every weekend, yeah. maybe not. But <laughs> yeah, guys walking around with big swords and stuff. Yeah, it's a very strange weekend, but you know, they put you up in the Marriott, which is nice. Oh, very nice. Is, is there like a big? Uh, is there like a reenactment as well? Or no, no. they have a big. They have rugby no. on. They have been oh, doing right. a rugby tournament yeah. in the last couple of years. Rugby's getting bigger in America, actually. So they're mm. rug- 
rugby tournament and they have the clans around there. Oh yeah, so they have these they have like clans no, walking no, around. Yeah. No, 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 the, the Scottish clans, of course. Yeah, the Scottish clans. Yeah, yeah. yeah just What's the other clans? Not, not the clan. No, not the clan. You know what else would be really good highlights too? It was really fun. I did a gig in Arkansas and I ended up staying at John Daly's house. You know the golfer. So that was fucking brilliant. Yeah. You know, so he's like staying in his mansion. He came, he came to a gig because it was his hometown. It was just bizarre. So he he ended up just got hammered with him. He yeah. was singing outside because he's a. Yeah. He's actually got lots of really good selling albums. Oh right, bizarrely enough, and uh, yeah. yeah, so that was that would be one cool. of the highlights of the last year. That was yeah. you just can't expect that sort of stuff to ever happen. Yeah, yeah. so do you yeah. golf yourself or I like, do actually. Yeah, we were yeah. supposed to play the next day. Oh, we were supposed to play with uh, John Daly, who's won two majors. So that could have been quite embarrassing, yeah. but he was well up for it. But uh, his brother, who's also a massive drinker, mm. was. Uh, supposed to come back and he was the one pushing for it oh we'll play golf and all that because he's got, yeah, he's yeah. got a, a big mansion he's got yeah. a golf course on his house so he was like oh I'll come and play but John was up in that but mm. the other guy his brother never showed up oh, so man. it never happened but yeah. that would have been nice but, yeah, yeah. but you know they talk about these towns that have been left behind in America yeah, yeah. this would definitely be one of those right. towns and some industry there but there's like, not a lot but there's, mm. nothing, there's like nothing there now So, but he's from there so he's a really like working class guy right. so there's really nothing there Mm. So, and we just randomly did a my mate had done this gig because my mate's one of these guys who's like a road comic in America mm. and at least he was at that time and what that involves is phoning up random bars and saying do you want some comedy mm. on so he'd done this show before and it had been quite good mm. we went back there and it was like it was quite a big it, wasn't, it was like probably 30 people there mm. one of which was John Daly he was in the front row so I went I was emceeing it mm. and I've got by the eyesight so I couldn't really see him mm. He was sitting there, so I didn't know it was him. And I, I was like, I said, "Are oh, you Rick Flair?" Because he's got like sort of whitey hair. Right. And uh, he's like, "No, I'm John Daly." I'm like, "No, nah, shut up." And yeah. he's like, "Yeah, actually, I'm." Wow. That was a. Was this his local bar? Yeah. So basically, his brother like ran that bar and stuff like that. So that was there. Yeah, we got absolutely hammered. Cool, yeah. That was fun. So that that would be a definite highlight. Yeah, say. definitely, man. Yeah, that's it. Was who's your golf? He's he one of your golfer like heroes? No, I mean everyone knows John Daly because he wears the like outlandish gear. Like, right. I saw it in his house. He's got like a. Big massive cover with like all the different ones, yeah. that, which is quite funny to yeah. see. But yeah, heroes have got out of any golfing heroes. No, forget that. Tom Watson's pretty good. Yeah. He's like, he nearly won the first time I went to watch the Open, he, he nearly won it. Yeah. And he's like, six, he was 65, so mm-hmm. see him, but you see like, heroes yeah. or such. No. Will you possibly go back there again to Arkansas for the, your, your man? I'd love to go back. I'd yeah, love to yeah. go back. Oh, the game of golf. I'm going around a golf there, That's so it. I'd love to go back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, I'd love to go back and. Uh, and play golf, golf with John Daly. So what have you got coming up in the next few months or years? Loads, I hope loads are going to come from this. Well, I hope so, man. This already is ringing. Yeah, yeah. So what's coming up? Uh, let's have a look. So I've got that, got that first gig of the year at Angel Comedy tomorrow. I'm uh, going to Dundee for the first time to do mm. a gig next week. I've, uh, I've been known to slag Dundee off before, mm. so I'll have to go to Dundee and, uh, and face the music there. Gigging at the stand on Sunday. Yeah. So it's always on Michael Redmond's Sunday service and Michael Redmond from Father Ted yeah, yeah. You know Michael Redmond yes. yeah we've got that coming up on, on a Sunday a few gigs here and there I've got going to Cambridge coming up went back to Deal big thing coming up is Glasgow Comedy Festival I've never done the Glasgow Comedy Festival so yeah. I'm quite excited about that mm. going back to Ireland to do a gig in Dundalk which mm. is a really nice venue the Spirit Store I don't know if you've right. been there but uh, Tommy Tiernan performs there it's, Great. it's yeah. one of the best gigs in, in in the country really mm. I mean I'd say I'd, I'd use bring Britain into that as well mm. yeah I did that last year it was really, MC'd that it was a really really good gig to do 
Ireland's one of my favourite places to gig actually so hopefully depending on what time hopefully I'll do a few more gigs in Ireland I just got back from there in December went over and did some gigs in Ireland which mm-hmm. was a lot of fun what part just oh, Dublin or Dublin yeah so I've done I've done the Empire last year Belfast Empire yeah. that was a good highlight last year uh-huh. as well it was with Joe Rooney again another guy for fun. I'm working my way around all the yeah, yeah. bit part players from Father Ted mm-hmm. so like yeah, I did the Empire last year in Belfast, which is a really good gig to do. It's a strange room. It's a big, really strange room. So it's a big owned, I don't know, owned cinema or owned yeah, theatre, yeah. and it's just really, really big and vast. So it's, they're so spread out. Everyone's really far away. But they do, they, they keep their attention. That's good. It's, it's, hard, it's a hard enough room, but mm-hmm. they, they, they do laugh. So That's good. Uh, hopefully one will go back there at some point. So Yeah, yeah Ireland, mainly Dublin is where I'm trying... I've I've been offered gigs and stuff in Galway and Cork, but I haven't managed to make it there. But mm. Dublin Comedy Crunch did the last time. It's it's a really really nice gig to do. Mm-hmm. I really like it. They hate me in, which is uh, yeah. much my line gig. But every time I do it, it seems to be fantastic. Oh so. really? Why is that? I, I think they have up and down in terms of audience, oh, but the yeah. times that I've been there, it's, it's a nice little it's a little, nice little room, like isn't it? I really like that room. Yeah. You know? it's, mm-hmm. it's not perfect for comedy in a sense, but for the times I've done it, have been great. Mm. You know it's. It's that there's always some stuff going on there, so yeah, yeah. you can bring people into it. Yeah. So for me, I think it's great, and it's a, there's the audience aren't like on top of you; they've got a bit of space, you yeah, know. Yeah. So yeah, that, Dublin's a great place to gain, especially because everyone there's loads of gigs quite close together as well. Mm. So I really love it, and I, I think audiences are great there. I mean, a lot of them are tourists, but they're well up for it. So mm. I think Dublin's that type. Everyone's in a good mood in Dublin. That's Everyone's it. drinking. So yeah, Temple, yeah. and that's in the middle of Temple Bar, anyway, isn't it? That that's uh, that most of the gigs are around around that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. hate me in as yeah. Yeah. And the comedy comes at Stag's Head. Have you have you gigged in Dublin? Then, yeah, or? yeah. He's lived in Dublin for about two years. Uh, and when I moved from Cork, oh, you're and, from Cork. Yeah. Alright, I've got a good friend in Cork and nearly mm. went down there I nearly went down there last year to do a gig there. Is it Bob Hennigan maybe or something Bob like Hennigan. that? Oh yeah, yeah, a bearded fella. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, Bob Hennigan, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I think he's a cartoonist as well, isn't he? See, I'd like to get yeah. down to Cork at some point. Mm. Yeah, I think mean, you want to get around more than just Dublin. So, but. yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, I I lived in Dublin for two years and uh, I was gigging it for a bit over there, and then like you just kind of get too used to the certain rooms, and you don't like. Then when you go to another room, you're terrified because it's like a, a like it's like doing it in your sitting room at home, like <laughs> you're going right. out to, going out into someone else's sitting room, going, "Fuck!" Oh, but I don't know where anything is here, you know. Yeah, and that yeah. was when I first started, like back in like back in the day. So yeah, I pretty much got some decent stuff lined up to the end of April. Oh, nice. And then after that, Hastings and the Fringes, you were saying. I don't know if I'll be doing Hastings this year, so I haven't applied for it yet. But it's possible. Oh. I had a good time there last year, but it's not set in stone. So I'm still deciding what what else I'm going to do. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. who knows I might go to Vietnam or something like that I might be in the UK this year I'll be going back to do the festival in Oklahoma yeah. in, in September which bizarrely I haven't been booking gigs at that, that late in the year but I got offered a gig Bearcat which could be fun but booked that in the other day but they offered me the weekend that I'll be in America mm. so I've got like uh-huh. one weekend booked yeah. in that last bit of the year and then uh-huh. they offered me that so I had to turn that Bearcat one down and get it in October but yeah I'll be going, I should be going back to Oklahoma and uh, hopefully I can do a few more gigs in New York when I'm around mm. there mm. And I've done a good, good percentage of the clubs in New York now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So just ticking them all off. You know? Great, I did, yeah. did, a, did a headline set at Gotham, which was really good. Nice. That, that would have been a highlight. Yeah, getting, a pay, getting paid in New York is difficult. Mm. So I got paid, paid to headline a gig in New York. That was mm. really fun. But yeah, just trying to, like, just performing at all in the clubs in New York would be great. And the comedy cellar is probably, apart from the comedy cellar, like, most of them have got, like, unattainable mm. in terms of they have different types of nights you know they have lots of different things so the comedy comedy sale I think is attainable eventually but you really need some sort of TV credits or mm-hmm. some sort of some sort of end to get on there yeah. but 
was a great venue. And so is that your aim now to sort of, sort of like just get more credits under the belt? I'd just gigging away and see what happens. You know, mm. always been the the way I've done it. So mm. just keep gigging away and see what happens. You know, I think it's it's it sells really all right. There's no point in setting these targets. Like, yeah, you know, control ever... control the what you can. Isn't it? Like you, you can control the uh, the unexpected. Yeah, I think targets. Are, I think most of the things I want to do have done. So. Mm. Within reason, you know, I didn't target. I was going to be headlining the comedy store or mm. on at the Apollo, live at the Apollo. I just yeah. I wanted to do like the only thing I was like, oh, but to me, like when you first start, it's like getting a, getting paid is like a thing where it's just like, but how can you ever get paid to do something that you would do for free? Yeah. And then yeah, it took like a year, but eventually started to get paid for it. So that was the that was the one thing. It was at the start where like I would quite like to get paid, just tick that that box, you know, after doing it doing the first gig, and then doing it in three different continents was never something I expected you know doing it in Hawaii like doing mm. it all over Australia Tasmania New Zealand mm. and doing it all over America and I never ever thought that would happen you mm. know so I had, I, had, I had other targets in terms of which clubs I would play and uh, I've done most of them mm. or done better ones that I'd, I had once to do some ones and end up doing better gigs yeah. so you know that kind of it sucked that you know so there's a few clubs I'd still like to do you know the Comedy Store in Sydney is disappointing I've not done that yet oh. so I'd love to go back and do that so the first time when I was actually getting lots of work in Australia, the person who was booking it was very difficult to get a hold of. But then last year I went back and they were like, yeah, I would love like, to have you on and that. But the, unfortunately I was there during the Sydney Comedy Festival. So they were, of course, priorit- they run the Sydney Comedy Festival. Basically. So of course they're prioritising the acts that are doing the festival. So that's a room I would really like to do. Yeah. I mean, I've done the Comedy Store in London, you know, and I've, I've done the Comedy Store in Manchester. I mean... They were the gong shows, but I've got through them, you know. So mm-hmm. I've done five minutes there. I know what it's like to perform in that room. I don't have any huge desire to go back there. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but I'm not that bothered about going back there. Mm-hmm. Like to at some point, maybe, but they're just gigs at the end of the day. So I can do other rooms that have got that amount of people at them. So it's not like they're a huge target to me. So yeah, do, like there's more rooms. I'd like the comedy store in Sydney's one I would like to do, mm-hmm. do again. The comedy cellar in New York would be great, but it's it's a difficult one, you know. So mm-hmm. that. You really need to be doing something specially on there, so that that would be one that would be great to do. I'd love to perform there. Yeah. And the store, but the store in Australia, I think I can definitely if I do go back there. Yeah. So is one I would definitely that box. I'd like to do it, but yeah. it's a nice room. But it's not the end of the world. I've done yeah. I've done the equivalent of I've done rooms like that. So comedy store in LA as well. I've been there, not mm. performed there, but I've, I've hung out there. And it's, it's been fun. But I'd like to get on there, but. It's a strange, strange place. The mm. comedy store in LA—they have lots of comedians on, mm. so it, the shows really, really drag out. Well, there's a time when I went to LA and I got the, the time wrong for the show. I was going to go to the show. They're quite good in terms of letting acts in for free there, but I bought my ticket anyway. I didn't know anyone there, mm. and actually the time difference—I missed the start of the show by an hour, and I still got there like an hour late, and there was still like nine acts on. Oh. I was exhausted. I missed like half the show. Mm. What they do there a lot of the time is they have a lot of the, the bigger names on at the start. So the show gets gradually worse and worse and worse oh. and worse, and people leave. But because they have Louis C.K. coming, they have Chris mm. Rock turning up. Yeah. They have, every week they've got big names. You know, Mark Maron is like on, all the time down bars there. Mm. They're there like every night because they, they want to go out and do material. Yeah, yeah. So there's always really good people there. So they know that people want to come and watch it. So they don't really necessarily watch the quality of the show in in, in the same way that the comedy store in in London have to do. Mm. And I guess there's a lot of tourists there as well, but if the comments in London was like people leaving during the show, oh, yeah, and they just basically want people to have their two drinks and, mm-hmm. and leave kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. It's a it's a good club. They run lots of shows, and yeah, I would, I would hopefully I wouldn't mind performing there as well. 
the laugh factory would be quite good. But Ellie, Ellie's quite a strange scene that's very much like who you know kind of thing. Mm. And then New York works like that a lot as well. Mm. They don't. A lot of promoters won't get back to you on Facebook or email. They only mm. will book you after you go up and you've shook their hand and you've met them mm. and you've been in the room. Mm. You know who you are. And then a lot of them are quite good like that. Oh yeah, come down next week. But they kind of like to put a face to the name sort of thing. Yeah, of course. They want to see that effort of showing up. And LA was like, no one would respond to you. Right. I didn't, no one would get back. And when I went to LA the first time, I was there for like a week and I'd done all my time in New York. So mm. I was not even too interested in gigging, you know. I was, mm. definitely wasn't interested in showing up at loads of gigs and mm. showing my face and, was there for a week, you know. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't mean anything. So, mm. well, Gary, like you're just trying to like you know just polish those things up, just get better, isn't it? That's what you're trying to do. Exactly. Yeah. Just get, well, actually, no, I'm not trying to get better. I'm good enough. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. No. So, I, I, yeah. Just keep keep gigging and, and uh, enjoying it. So yeah. Okay. Of course, everyone wants to get better. So. Well, I hope yeah. it goes well for you in 2017, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the Comedy Defect. Yeah. Thanks a lot. It was fun. And that was episode 31 with Gary Sampson. Very good friend of mine, very funny comic. Go find him on Twitter, go find him on Facebook, go watch his stuff on YouTube. Actually, just go see him live. He's got a show called Bald Man Sings Rihanna. Go check that out. If you like this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. We're there at The Comedy Defect. If you want to follow me, it's at Winter Phonander. If you want to come see my live stand-up gig dates, which I have previews for my upcoming show, It's Not Just for Christmas, I'll be previewing that. You can see all of my gig dates there on my website, which is winterphonander.com. And if you like this podcast and you want to donate to us, we're on Patreon. Just go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast, and donate as much or as little as you want. But if you can't kick something back, just leave us a nice review on iTunes or Podbean because it really helps. I've had a couple of nice comments on iTunes and Podbean, so keep those coming in, because it really helps let people know where we are and what we're doing. If you like the Guinness jokes task that I've set myself, I'm starting that up again. I've got a few jokes coming out this week. I'll be hitting 25 pages of that a week, I think, because that's all I can maybe muster at the moment. So I'll be hitting that. That is on Twitter. The title for that is Encyclopedic Jokes, and the Twitter handle for that is at Guinness Jokes. So come see those, enjoy, share, like, why not? But that's it for now for this Comedy Defect podcast. We've got a very special guest on the show next week, and that is episode 32. He runs three podcasts. He promotes two gigs. He is also doing nine fringes this year. I feel the work ethic of this man is completely unparalleled. I really respect him. I really think he's a lovely fellow as well. It is, of course, the guy that's probably most famously known for Ask the Industry podcast, Mr. Simon Kane. We have him for episode 32. So that's it for now from the Comedy Defect podcast. We'll see you next week for Ask the Industry podcast host, Simon Kane. <laughs>